Welcome in to a Monday. Mm. It's Monday. We tend to have a lot of those. We've had we've had two Mondays in a row. It's not been good. Well, we hope you guys can hear us. We're about to find out. Mo's gonna Mo's gonna check it out for us and see if we can hear. Emma. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna turn on the volume and see if we could hear it. <laughs> Might as well. It's good. It, it, it's it's good. You're gonna hear some stuff, but you know what? You're, it just is what it is. We gotta make sure that we can be heard. Hey, we can. All right, let's go. Here we go now. <laughs> Could we explain where the Lee Company studio is today? Yeah, the, if you can't tell, we are in a different environment. And the Lee Company studio is coming to you from our old Hickory office here in, let's see, there we go. Now we got banners up and everything. Look at it. It's, <laughs> oh man. We're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint as well, in case you guys haven't, uh, Learned that in what almost three years of doing this, more than three years of doing this. Yeah, but uh, we today, are today. We are a work in progress. We are a work in progress, and 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 life is you know like a box of chocolates. Here, you never know what you're going to get. But what you are going to get today is a visit from Karen Booker, Trevecca Women's Basketball, who they suffered. They got a big game coming up tomorrow. They got a big game coming up tomorrow. Suffered a tough loss over the weekend to Lee, but mm -hmm. have had a heck of a start to the season. Even with that loss to sure. Lee, is a great start to the season. Uh, we'll talk to her in just a few minutes. We'll also talk to Brady McAtamney, who's going to tell us about uh, Austin P and uh, their inaugural auto bid from the UAC. So the first ever history, history made uh, for the Govs. So we'll talk about them. They've got a matchup coming up on Saturday with Chat, UT Chattanooga, coming to Austin P and Forterra Stadium. So it should be fun. The Fort. The Fort. Is that what they call it? That's awesome. Well, that makes sense. It's awesome. That, that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> Not to be confused with Fort Campbell. I don't get it. Well, but yeah, but the fact that it's the Fort in Clarksville makes sense. <laughs> so this is great. Uh, we'll also talk, of course, with Terry McCormick uh, as much as we can about the Titans. There, it is what it is. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a good day. Had to come up here for a an early morning meeting uh, just up the road with our friends at the TWSAA, and it was a good meeting. It was good. Always good to see Matt, Matthew Gillespie and, and uh, Mark Reeves and the fine folks over there. They very hospitable and and always good folks to talk to. So all of that coming your way here in just a few moments. But before we do anything else, what we could probably do is uh, get folks some of the weekend's scores, plenty of them to be had, and today's schedule on the rundown. Can you hear that? I cannot. That's unfortunate. The music's playing now. Okay. Well, the Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy. Prepared for college. Equipped for purpose. Unmute your computer. Unmute. Yep, that's what it is. 
Now I can't hear anything. Oh, now you can't hear anything at all? Nothing. Me or you? Nothing. Oh, well, do that again. I guess do whatever you just did and back it up. Okay, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Football action. Boyd Buchanan down, Davidson Academy 36-24, Brentwood 27, Ravenwood 20, Middleton C. Christian a 35-27 winner over Columbia Academy, CPA down Franklin Road Academy 37-16, East Nashville advances with a 41-14 winner over Liberty Creek, Friendship Christian 56, Nashville Christian 14, Macaulay 33-15 over MBA, Giles County goes to Meg County, gets a 35-14 win, Page doubles up Centennial 14-7, was Pearlcombe 41, Marshall County 21, Oakland in... The get-back game, 56, Riverdale, nothing. Wow. And in May, as shocking as that was, maybe even more shocking, East Robertson goes to Smith County and drubs the Owls. Drubs the Owls, 49-20. Girls basketball, it was Carver Smith, not Columbia Central, uh, with a 58-37 win over White's Creek. Cheatham County downs Creek with 53-42 as Forest 36, Cullioka 32. Sycamore 51-30 win over Greenbrier. Harpeth downs Community 61-54. John Overton 54, Kip Nashville 6. McEwen 66-40 winners over Joe Burns. Santa Fe falls to East Hickman 69-26. Antioch, 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 Antioch Lee. <laughs> Antioch down Smyrna 39-28. Stewart County a 72 to six seems to be really an odd score. I, again, these these scores are sourced from Coach T. Take them. This out. was over STEM yeah. Academy though, so. Yeah, but six in both Kip and STEM just seems like that's a weird number to have pop up. Yeah. Uh, West Creek 32, Montgomery Central 27, White House 59, Red Bulling Springs 38, and Grace. Christian Downs, Franklin Christian, 71-20. On Saturday in girls basketball action, it was Westmoreland, 57, Clarksville Northwest, 28. Coffee County won twice on Saturday, defeated Beach, 67-41, and Nashville Christian, 73-41. Christ Presbyterian with a 61-29 win over Kirkwood. It was DeKalb County, 57, Liberty Creek, 36. Dysburg down Stewart's Creek 69-31. Gallatin with a 48-41 win over Clarksville Northwest. Westmoreland defeated Gallatin 28-25. East Robertson 66, Gordonsville 55. Hendersonville defeated Lipscomb Academy 47-36. Jackson County with a 42-22 win over Laverne. Wayne County defeated Lawrence County 61-36. East Robertson defeated Liberty Creek 63-41. It was Beach 54, Lincoln County 40, Moore County 59, Laverne 28, Page with a couple victories, defeated Murfreesboro Central 59-35, and Nashville Christian 50-29, Portland with a 47-32 win over East Hamilton, Murfreesboro Central defeated Portland 47-39, Ensworth down Rossview 53-49, Spring Hill defeated Mount Pleasant 67-28, fell to Richland 65-43. Upperman with a 43-32 win over Summertown. Summertown defeated Grundy County 75-50. Wilson Central with a pair of wins. 58-35 over Watertown and 64-27 over Merrill High. Boys basketball, Carver Smith, a.k.a. Columbia Central. 51, Whites Creek 48. 
Creekwood 58 38 winners over Cheatham County. It was Cullioka 68 59 over Forest. Sycamore down to Greenbar 58 54. Harpeth Edge Community 47 44. John Overton 68. Kip Nashville 43. It was Joe Burns 62 61 over McEwen. Lancaster Christian down Mount Juliet Christian 74 60. Santa Fe with a big win over East Tickman, 80-50. Antioch down Smyrna, 76-60. STEM Academy, 74. Stewart County, 68. White House, a 77-58 winner over Red Bowling Springs. Grace Christian was a 60-50 winner over Zion Christian. On Saturday, Beach down Chattanooga Christian, 68-63. Lebanon, 44. Cascade, 32. Summertown, 53-48 winners over Cascade. Uh, Clarksville Northwest, Edge Summit, 55-52. Coffee County, 62. Murfreesboro Central, 59. Kirkwood, 64-59 over Davidson Academy. Dyersburg Falls to Stewart's Creek, 79-71. And Gallatin down Clarksville Northwest, 55-48. Gallatin also defeated Summit, 69-58. Gordonsville with a 51-38 win over East Robertson. Grundy County defeated Summertown 83-75. It was Lipscomb Academy 62, Hendersonville 52, Laverne 54, Jackson County 44, Lebanon with a 61-36 win over Huntland, Liberty Creek with a pair of wins 54-36 over East Robertson, probably because most of their team was playing football, and 61-43 against DeKalb County. Murfreesboro Central defeated Liberty Creeks was too on Friday night. Well, I guess they didn't come back Saturday and play. They might have, but could point. you imagine? That, that, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, Murfreesboro Central with a 65-52 win over Lincoln County. Page defeated Watertown 55-22. Upperman 39, Laverne 37, Wilson Central 73, Watertown 34, and Page 53, Wilson Central 30, um, 53. Page 58, Wilson Central 53. There we go. Men's basketball action over the weekend. Vanderbilt with a 75-71 win over Central Arkansas. Oregon defeated Tennessee State 92-67. UTEP 71, Austin P 73, Arizona 100, Belmont 68, Lipscomb 106, Alabama A&M 81, Middle Tennessee State 88, Milligan 62, Alabama Huntsville 93, Fisk 78, Christian Brothers defeated Trebekah 110-109 in three overtimes. Wonder if Lawson was there. Mm. <laughs> I bet he was. Uh, UT Southern defeated Bruton Parker 67-65. It was just one overtime. Uh, women's basketball over the weekend. Lipscomb defeated Tennessee State 74-43. Butler with a 53-50. I'm sorry, 53-47 win over Austin P. Michigan defeated Middle Tennessee State 63-49. It was Tennessee 100. Troy 73. Indiana 77. Lipscomb 44. Mississippi State edged Belmont 63-62. MTSU came back to defeat DePaul 71-69. Fisk with a 63-56 win over Lane. Lee, as we mentioned, defeated Rebecca 66-63. And Bruton Parker 63, UT Southern 55. College football action. Jacksonville State drugged La Tech. And Sonny Cumbie goes home sad. That's too bad. 56-17 the final score there. Middle Tennessee State. The big win over UTEP, 34-30. Austin P. Edge of Central Arkansas, like we said, for that UAC title, 14-12. Tennessee Tech with a 35-0 win over Tennessee State. Georgia drubs Tennessee, 38-10. We'll talk about it later. As well as Jacksonville Jaguars, 34. Tennessee Titans, 14 in NFL play. In the association, the Grizzlies defeated the Spurs, 121-08 on the road. Came back home, fell 102-100 to the Celtics. Nashville in hockey. 
gets a big win over the club from Chicago, four to two. So there you go. That's your results. Your schedule. These are high school basketball doubleheaders beginning at 6 o'clock local time. Knowledge Academies is at Antioch. Riverdale is at Centennial. West Creek is at Cheatham County. East Robertson is at Clay County. Columbia Academy is hosting Ezel Harding. Mount Pleasant is traveling to Unionville to play community. Franklin Road Academy is at Christ Presbyterian Academy. Battleground Academy goes to Donaldson Christian. Eagleville hosting Santa Fe. Watertown is at F.C. Boyd Christian. Grace Christian of Franklin goes to Friendship Christian. Gallatin hosting Portland. Zion Christian travels to Hampshire. Hope they don't need their phones. <laughs> Houston County is at Joe Burns. Kip Nashville taking on visiting Siegel. Father Ryan is at Middle Tennessee Christian. McEwen goes to Montgomery Central. And Stewart County hosts Kirkwood. In girls basketball, some of these, we don't know where they are. That's all I'm going to tell you. They're just... Wesleyan of Georgia takes on Blackman at three today. Summertown takes on East Hickman. Do you know where that one is? I do not know where okay. that one is. That's also at three o'clock. Oh, that's at um, Cornersville. Okay. okay. That's the Cornersville Invitational, I do believe. That makes sense. John yeah. Overton takes on Independence at 3.30. Any ideas where Independence is? I mean, I'm sure you have all, you, know, you just, if you had the schedule in front of you, I didn't go look at our schedule. I That's okay. There you go. Uh, Beach and Rossview at five. Battleground Academy is at Donaldson Christian at six. Harpeth Hall is at Hendersonville at six. Spring Hills taking on Huntland. Uh, is that at Cornersville as well? I believe that so. probably is at six o'clock. Lead Academy is at Mount Juliet at six. At 6.15, Page takes on North Florida Institute of Florida. And Murfreesboro Central is at Silverdale Academy today at a time unknown. Boys basketball, Summertown and Cullioca at 1.30. Uh, Riverdale's at Centennial at 3. Blackman takes on the Tennessee Heat at 4.30. Pope Prep and Red Bank at 5. Hillsboro's at Franklin at 6.30. Camden Central is at Creekwood at 7. And at 7.30, Christ Presbyterian hosts Franklin Road Academy. Men's basketball action right now, actually, with 4.47 remaining in the first half at the Maui Invitational. Syracuse is up 24-21 on Number seven, Tennessee. Uh, four o'clock today on Flow Sports. If you have it, Tarleton State plays Austin P. Midway is at Tennessee State. That's a seven o'clock start on ESPN Plus. Also at seven, Fisk is at Clark Atlanta. In women's basketball action right now, again, Alabama State and Vanderbilt tipped off at one o'clock, so they ought to be coming up on halftime, I would think, if they're not clear of halftime. Four o'clock. Memphis, Middle Tennessee State, um, down in the Bahamas at 5 o'clock. Midway is at Cumberland. On the ice, 7 o'clock, Valley Sports South. The Avalanche is at Bridgestone Arena against the Predators. And at 7.15 on ABC and or ESPN. Philadelphia is at Kansas City. And that is your rundown. I can't hear me though. There we go. Our top story presented by Piggly Wiggly at Neely's Mill in Columbia. Be sure and go out there for your 
meat and three options for lunch, as well as fresh deli cut meat, fresh produce, and everything is cost plus 10 at the register. Yes, it is indeed. Top story today, Mo. Aaron Nola takes a little bit less money, allegedly, to stick in Philadelphia, which, you know, it's hard to be upset when, you know, when a guy decides to stay at home and finish his career where he started. It's money, you know, money is important. But when you're talking about $24 million a year versus $27 million a year, what is really the difference? <laughs> that's a heck of a question. I'd love to be able to answer that firsthand. I don't think that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I, I, 24, 27. Yeah, a year. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not like we're talking about, you know, total over seven years. No, we're talking about per year. Per year. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think there's something to be said for, you know, knowing your surroundings, knowing who you're playing with, knowing who you're playing for, rather than the unknown that comes the, with the devil you know. going somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that means the Atlanta Braves miss on one of their top targets as a free agent starting pitcher. So what does that mean for the Braves? Where do they go from here? Two words. Sonny um, Gray. Oh, <laughs> Smyrna Bulldogs. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Vandy boys. Smyrna Vandy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think, look, I, I preferred Sonny from the beginning. Two reasons. I prefer Sonny. And and I know that Nola has been kind of second spot to, to Wheeler mm -hmm. for the last couple of years. So maybe he would, you know, he would relish that role in Atlanta as well. But Sonny had not been really an ace until this year. I mean, he he had been kind of a number two, number three guy for the most part throughout his career. And and obviously, you know, has ace stuff. Just hadn't been an ace, so I wanted someone who could come in and and be that two or three behind Max Freed, Spencer Strider before getting, you know, without getting their feelings hurt. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And because in 2024, unless something happens, Max Freed's your ace in a perfect world, and when healthy, well, yeah, but Spencer Strider. Also has a stuff. They're kind of one in one A. They really are. And you're talking about a guy who finished what third and third or fourth in Cy Young voting this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, so going out and getting a number one may not be the best option long term. I don't know. So getting a guy who going out and be, chasing a number one may not be the best option just because right. they may not want to come in and not be a number one, like right. you said. So yeah. So I, I love the idea of Sonny. I think he fits in the, the mold and in long term. Well, and here's the thing. I think Sonny has been in the game long enough that he knows that when he's on the mound, he is the number one. He's the guy. It, so. you know, it doesn't matter you know, where, what day you pitch. Mm -hmm. It just matters on the day you pitch. And, and I think that's important. And there are some guys out there who probably don't feel that way. Yeah. And so for me, you know, the Braves have to get a a cultural fit, a guy who, who fits in the clubhouse. 
I think Sonny Gray probably does. I think he'd like, you know, I know he's pitched in Cincinnati. Um, you know, probably watched a lot of Braves growing up. I would imagine. <laughs> and so, you know, this is this would be a, a great place for him to be. And again, I think he fits in the rotation as well, a little bit better than maybe some other folks like a Blake Snell. And here's the best part. Next year's class may be better than this year's class for free agent pitchers. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to lose Max Freed, and I certainly think we will, mm-hmm. then having Spencer Strider and Sonny Gray and not having to not having to beg for a number one or overpay for a number one just because you lost Max Freed and Charlie Morton, you know, certainly makes it a little easier in free agency next year. Sure. You don't have to go beg for a one because you've got one at one A and one B again. So I just I feel like I feel like that's kind of where the Braves are. And I still think Alex Anthopoulos is going to make some kind of big move. Oh, you know that. He did, however, sign a bullpen arm. And, yeah, we've, we've got guaranteed money for, let's see here. And we also made a trade since we've last been on the air. Oh, yeah? Oh, Kyle Wright? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle Wright's gone. That's kind of sad, but Ronaldo Lopez today, three for 30 with a 2027 $8 million option. I'm not familiar with that name. You know, um, they're paying him a lot of money. So I'm just going to tell you if he comes from Cleveland, pitched for three teams last year, 327 ERA. Uh, 68 appearances between the White Sox, Angels, and Guardians. Fanned a career-best 11.3 over 9, striking out 83 batters in 66 innings. Had six saves. Hit Opponents batted 188, 226, and 319 against his fastball. Averages 92, or 98, I'm sorry. Goodness gracious. Maybe we're going to go opener. Well, I think this is interesting because, you know, we have a lot of money tied up in this bullpen, and it's going to be a really good bullpen. It's going to be a really deep bullpen. But in this world, isn't the bullpen more valuable? In the world we live in in Major League Baseball, is the bullpen not more valuable than a starting pitcher? I know you got to get five or six, but on an everyday basis, I'd rather have eight absolute juggernauts in the pen than have two or three great starters. Because it doesn't matter how good your starters are if your bullpen ain't very good. Yeah, I mean, in today's world, you're not wrong. I'm just having a tough time adjusting to today's world because I'm used to starters going six, six seven, eight. eight. Not happening anymore. And so I, I think starters are important. I think Alex Anthopoulos realizes that 
how many times do we say during a game, we just got to get to their pen. If we get to their bullpen, we'll be all right. Can't say that about the Braves. No. At all. And it doesn't matter who it is. Literally, Alex Anthopoulos is snicker-proofing this, this, this bullpen. There's no ability to give up on a game. Because everybody you put in has shut down stuff. Mm. So I wonder if Alex Anthopoulos doesn't see what we see sometimes. How can you not? If we can see it, he's got to see it. Right? That's kind of what I thought. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. That's very yeah. interesting when you think about it, yeah. He, he's kind of snicker-proof to bullpen. Here, and, you, here. You can't mess this up. You can't up, mess it up. Snit. It doesn't matter who you put in. They've got shutdown stuff. Now they may not. They not perform every night, but they've got the ability. You've got some guys that you trust a little bit more than Kirby Yates. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's take a break here, mm-hmm. Mo, and when we come back, we will. Hopefully be able to get Karen Booker on. I hope I sent it to the right email, man. At this point, I don't know. But uh, we'll be back on the Monday Mirror edition of Main Street Sports today. Right after this, y'all stick around. Tennessee, after trailing 24-21, leads 30-25 at the half. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you. No matter what's happening in the world, 
or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Hey, welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton, and we are coming to you live from the Lee Company studio. Today, we are in our Nashville office, the Nashville studio here in... I'm hearing it out of this, I think. Can you hear... It's just only coming out of one ear. I could have swore. I was like, I hear it. I don't know why you don't hear it. <laughs> it's in your ear. <laughs> Well, yes, I need more earphones. Uh, well, that's uh, I'm with you though. I uh, I'd rather just buy cheap and buy ten than buy some I'm gonna lose and be yeah. like I lost them. There we go. <laughs> earphones and sunglasses. That's that's it every time. But uh, hey, let's let, let's bring in our, our our next guest. Looking really forward to this because boy, what a fantastic start to the season. Rebecca women's basketball has had and so we welcome in coach Karen Booker coach welcome in can we hear you mm -mm. cannot hear you that's not good and it's it may not be your fault Karen I apologize uh, yeah um Let's see here. I don't have. Good. Uh, technical difficulties here. This is this is good. Uh, give us just a second, Coach, if you don't mind. No, I don't. I, this I I don't have any suggestions or. Well, if you don't, I definitely yeah, don't. Um. Let's see if we can get her back. Anything at all? Nothing coming. Nothing coming there, and, and I should be able to hear. Let's see if we can. 
thinking about a phone call, but I don't think we can do a phone call either. So, all right. Well, as you can tell, we are doing all of the uh, all of the technical side of this on our own right now. Um, Coach, if you can hear us, uh, let's see if anybody, let's see if, if 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 we can hear her through. Yeah, through the phone. Through the phones, yeah. Because, yeah, we can hear you through the phones. Coach. You, you can hear us. We can't hear you. And so we could ask you questions all day. And see, it's not going to be great radio. But uh, but it just won't work. So can we call her? I think if we call her, which, Coach, I'm going to give you a quick call here. It's me calling. There she is. Listen, we're just going to do this the, the weirdest way possible. <laughs> okay. Okay. As long as you can hear me, I can hear you. Well, we can hear you, and we appreciate you bearing with us through this. But um, Coach Booker, in her second season at Rebecca, announced her presence with authority with that big win against Austin P, who went on to beat Kentucky. Coach? What did you think when you saw that? Oh, that was pretty exciting. Uh, we knew Austin P was a good team, though. And, uh, you know, our team really stepped it up. Keeley just went off and, and had a career high scoring. Keeley Carter and then the rest of the team did a, a really good job. Keeley also had four or five assists that game. So when they're having to guard, uh, multiple players and our shooters are, are hot. Um, our post players are scoring some. Then, you know, it, it makes us quite the, uh, you know, the team to be reckoned with. So we were pretty excited. And then to for them to go on, like I said, and beat a Kentucky, uh, a, a not just a D1 team, but a Power 5 team, an SEC team. I mean, that, that's got to be something that your kids kind of look at and say, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so because you know a lot of it's it's there are a lot of new players on the team. A lot of them are young. Um, you know, this is a tough conference. We're playing a tough, tough competition, but it's so new to so many of them. So I'm hopeful that they know what it means. I would think that the returners know, but everybody will be very excited about that win. So, and we have played a, a very tough schedule early on. So it's kind of been no rest for the weary. 
Yeah, you definitely have played a tough schedule, and it doesn't get any easier this week. Uh, what is preparation like on Thanksgiving week? Uh, well, um, we try not to think about turkey and uh, <laughs> and the Thanksgiving around the corner. We got to take care of business right now. Uh, we just played a tough lead team, and I mean, it was we battled that. We didn't open up the first half well at all but we showed what we could do in the second half. So it was almost like a tale of two cities, literally. And uh, for us to get down by 25 in the third quarter and then battle back and have a shot to take it into overtime was, to me, miraculous, but showed the fight that our players have. So, um, and then to, you know, have to turn around and play Union tomorrow um probably the union will probably be um the toughest team that we will play um you know may, they may be pretty close as tough as austin p was um they they have a number of transfers on their team from division one schools and just they they just have a very strong uh, all-around team they can shoot it they can get to the basket they can pose um they press, so they have so many weapons. So we, we just have to be ready. We can't be thinking about Turkey right now. <laughs> Coach, y'all are definitely in the Gulf South Conference portion of your schedule, I guess, having one Wednesday down at Alabama Huntsville before this loss Saturday over at Lee, and now you've got Union coming in. Um, this is getting, getting you used to what you're going to see on a regular basis next year, I guess. Yes, yes. So, so I think it's really good for us. And, uh, you know, even last year, these teams were part of the non-conference schedule. So, you know, it's kind of cool knowing that, hey, we're going to be in the conference and these are going to be conference games next year. Um, but, you know, the conference that we're in currently is so strong. So, you know, we have a Kentucky Wesleyan, Ashland, um, alone. So there are some teams that are kind of of a similar caliber. So, you know, it's, it's not like we've gotten to take it easy in the, in the, in the GMAC. It's been, you know, challenging once we get into conference play. So, yep. uh, but it's exciting. We're excited about going into Gulf South. You know, Union in particular, 4 and 0 thus far. Um, they went down to Puerto Rico for a couple of games. I guess you got to be a little jealous of them. They were able to get down there and maybe get out on the beach. I don't know. But um, Mark Campbell always does such a great job with that program. He does. He does. And he's been there for a while with them. And, you know, year after year, he brings back a strong, strong team. And, you know, he's got a lot of uh, good, strong returners and, uh, along with some of the transfers. So, I mean, we're going to have our hands full. And I think they're ranked seventh in the country right now for D2. So, you know, it's going to be a strong team. But Drury, um, in the latest poll, I want to say they were 12. So they were a really good team. And if we had, if we had shot the ball just a hair better, just a little bit better, then I, I think we could have. Uh, you know, pulled out the upset against them. But, you know, we only lost by four or five against them. So we're playing some good basketball. Um, we just have to 
still sharpen up things and um you know we have uh, uh fake wilkins she's she's been out injured and uh we did have a couple of injuries early in the season uh with um uh jada woods was on concussion protocol for uh for like the first couple of weeks and um you know so now we're we're getting back um you know, to where we have our full complement. We won't have faith back probably for another another couple of weeks. But, um, you know, the, so it, it kind of gives the younger players some opportunity to grow. And they keep their growing very quickly. A couple of them are have been um, kind of surprises. Uh, Cardin Bales hit a winning shot against UAH, uh, Beatus, and um uh Amaya Thomas, she's really coming on strong. Um, Connor Gambrill, she's been playing well. You know, so those are some of the newcomers. Uh, but we have a couple of others that are really starting to step it up. So so we're excited. We're we, you know, we're excited about where things are and, and uh what this team could can do as we keep growing this season. Coach, you know, you talked you talked a little bit about that that conference schedule, and then you know, you guys literally have one of the best teams in the country in your conference in Ashland, and and every single year, you know, it, it's difficult for for you guys. But you know, going into your second year, how much of you know how how much does that change things? Because you had a full off season with with these girls, you've had you know you've had time to to go get maybe some players that that fit your scheme and your mold and you know mm-hmm. obviously you know where you stand and we'll find out for certain where you stand but how do you feel like you know this team in year two stacks up against last year and you know and how how does that affect your conference play yeah i i think it's a matter of the team leadership and maturity um I'm almost afraid to say how strong I think this team could could be if we really pull it all together. But I've been a part of teams that have won, uh, gone undefeated, or or USA teams, or, um, you know, in the Japan League where we won, or at Vanderbilt where it was the Elite Eight. So, you know, I know some of the... uh, intangibles that it takes to win and a lot of that is as much physical as mental and so you know that's going to be a big part of it i think we have all the pieces uh to possibly even be that be the next one uh which is a little scary to say but that's uh that's a team that you know it's definitely one of our goals to be able to beat them and if we're able to be the next one I mean, they're they're the number one team in the country. So I, I just think it's not quite clicking yet with these players, and some of it is because of the uh, the youth, and you know they just haven't been a part of competing at this level. But you know, as you said, I've, I've seen even what last year's team could do, and I I, I do believe we could surpass that. Um, and I do think that I think it's important to say it um, and at least express that, that that's what I believe we're capable of. Um, 
yeah, we, we want we, we want to just always give our best and be excited when we win games, try to learn when we don't. Um, but just keep learning and growing. So that's kind of been the thing, keep getting better every day. And I mean, I just think it could be amazing, the end product. But some of these intangibles, you know, that's the difference between really, really good or great teams and teams that maybe don't reach their potential is, you know, part of it is the leadership, it's the hard work, uh, it's everybody pulling together as one. So, so I just, I just know those things are uh, invaluable. So if we can get all that going, um, like I said, it's a, a, it's a team with the five returners, but then so much youth. So, you know, we just have to pull it all together. Well, you you guys certainly pulled it together last year, making an appearance in the NCAA tournament, obviously looking to build on that in 2023-24 season. And we certainly are looking forward to watching it because, you know, obviously you guys have, have started the, the year off really well and, and obviously have a big game coming up against Union tomorrow. That's at 6 o'clock start. At uh, at Trevecca, so if you're out and about, not not many, be- not many better places to be. If you're to. not out and about, get out and about. This, this is going to be a good ball game. It, it really is. Yeah, it should be. And I, I think the thing too is now people are respecting us, and it's not a surprise when when they have to bring their bits to um, you know to, to go up against us. So so that'll make it more challenging for us this year. We can't sneak up on people. <laughs> like I said, we're trying to be as ready as we can be for, for any and every opponent. The element of surprise is gone, but yeah. Trebek is still going to hang in there. Coach Karen Booker joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coach, we appreciate it. We appreciate you hanging with us through the technical difficulties and um. We look forward to speaking with you again under better circumstances. All right. Well, they say I've been here to make adjustments when things don't go right. That's the name of the game. So. No doubt. There no we doubt. go. Well, we appreciate it. We talk, we'll talk. we talk with you again soon. All right. Take care. Thanks, Coach. Karen Booker once again here on Main Street Sports. Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, we may need to make contact with our next guest and let him know that things are struggling. Mm. So, yeah. Until then, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got Monstars and more. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Day. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see. 
whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris Yao. We are in the Lee Company studio here at our Old Hickory slash Hermitage office. And MSST rolls on. Do you have the Monstars? Yes. <laughs> uh, as we continue with the Monday Mirror, we're giving you our top performers from the weekend, be it preps to pros. Typically, this is a three-person presentation, but one of the three is not with us. So, Chris, Monstar number one. Um, Monstar number one, I'm going to have to go with, man, uh, let, let's go with Bo Nix. No, really? Yeah, I, I was, I, I was debating between he and, he and Penix, but honestly, I mean, I think Nix just continues to show that that he is in the top three for Heisman candidacy. I think Jaden Daniels is right there with him. Uh, but obviously, Nick's had a little bit tougher competition. This week. Maybe not by much this week, but but a little bit. Six touchdown passes in the first half. Is that right? Yeah. Dude was just unreal. Yeah. So he's my first one. Star. Okay. In keeping with my high school, college, pro, Monstar approach, 
I'm going to go with Friendship Christian senior running back Tyson Walcott, who had 26 carries for 228 yards and six touchdowns in the Commanders' 56-14 win Friday over Nashville Christian. Um, 56-14 come from behind win. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. But. Trail Fort, well, they seem, they, to, they seem to make their living off of that, getting you into that false sense of security, I guess. That's right, they lull you. Yeah. Um, touchdowns of 24-2-83-35-2-1 yards for Mr. Walcott, who has scored a single-season TWSAA state record. 52 touchdowns this fall. That seems good. Two touchdowns in one year. That seems good. And what? 12 games? Yeah. 12, 13? Um, I think it's 13. 13. Yeah. Four touchdowns a game, just like clockwork. Just like clockwork. So that is my Monstar number one. Trying to find the final stats, hmm? but I, it, that that's what, again that's what I've been trying to get to. But uh, for Oakland's running back, oh, Dwayne Morris. Yes, I know he had four touchdowns at least. But I think it was five. But I, I, well, they scored eight and all. <laughs> but I could, I, I could, I couldn't find his his final stats from Friday night hmm. as I'm doing other things, trying to tweet and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Multitasking. But yes, Dwayne Morse. He's he's my other. He's. Or number good. two. He's pretty good. Hang on a minute. Yeah. You can probably find them. Maybe. Let's see. <laughs> 174 rushing yards and five touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> in the first half. In the first half. I don't know what he did for the game, but that's what he did in the first half. Yeah, after that, who cares? You're right. <laughs> Take, I yeah, they, were, they were up 49 nothing at yeah. halftime, so he might not have done anything I, in the second half. I hope that he sat on the sideline is what I hope he did <laughs> and took a break because mm. he deserved it and he earned it. Yeah, <laughs> and well, that's why he's monster number two. And, and you might want to just left him over there and let him get ready for Bradley Central, right? Yeah. Monstar number two. I have two options. But I'm going to go with public enemy number one in Auburn, Alabama, Diego Pavia, 19 of 28 for 201 yards and three touchdowns. Also eight carries for 35 yards. As New Mexico State improved to one and twenty-seven against Southeastern Conference competition with a thirty-one ten win over the Tigers. Man. What a night. Can't wait to talk about that. 
I mean, Jerry Kill has gotten a lot of attention for what he's done with that Aggies team, and I think he's probably gotten a little bit more in the last 48 hours. That's huge. Number three, my number, star. My number three is because you know me, I'm going to bend the rules when I can. The New York football giants defense, three picks, four sacks, four first fumbles, three fumble recoveries and a touchdown. <laughs> that's a, that's a week right there. Oh, and get this. One of the guys in my fantasy league has them on their, on this bench. And normally you'd be really upset about that, except He's when playing your you. other defense is the Bills, who had two picks, six sacks, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. And <laughs> we had a heck of a week. If you played defense for that guy. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so, yeah, the New York football Giants defense get number two for me. Okay. All right. Um, that was your number three. Is that right? It was. Okay. My number three. Remember two or three weeks ago when word out of Green Bay was that they didn't know whether Jordan Love was the long-term answer for them at quarterback? Yes. 27 to 40 for 322 and a pair of touchdowns yesterday in the Packers' 23-20 win over the Chargers. Now, this may be more of a function of the Chargers I, and I, the Packers. I was going to say, even Ryan Tannehill beat the Chargers. I don't, <laughs> again, I, I don't know that that's an indictment of Ryan it's Tannehill. Not, I'm just I, saying. I, but, but, well, yeah, but the I mean, point is that the, the Titans' the, offense was good enough to beat the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers, the Chargers aren't very good. No, no they're not. Inexplicably so. I, and, and, and Brandon yeah. Staley is starting to feel it. But, but teams play bad teams all the time and don't necessarily win. That's true. The Titans are three and seven. They beat three teams. That's right, they did. So one of them being the Chargers. One of them being the Chargers, yeah. So I mean, just because you play a bad team, you, you still have to beat them. So kudos to Jordan Love. He's my third monster. All right. <sighs> Let's take a break. We've got Terry McCormick on the other side of it, and I'm not sure how this is going to work, but we do have a producer now, so that's good. Uh, we'll see. Well, we may have to call Terry. We may not. I don't know. We'll find out in a minute. Stick around. Main Street Sports says presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joy. We'll be back after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, 
helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. New music there. Uh, heard music on the other side, on the front side of the break, just not coming back. So just letting you know, Justin. Um, time now for your Daily Titans report with Terry McCormick. Terry, what's up? Guys, it is your Daily Titans report, and it's brought to you by Zen Sports, as always. Uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to start? It's your report. Yeah, false start either way. Anywhere you Anywhere you do start, it's going to be bad because that was just a thrashing down in Jacksonville yesterday. This this team didn't look good in any facet of the game. I mean, not offense, not defense, not special teams. It was just <clears throat> completely a washout for the Titans down there. In hey, at least you found another yeah. pass receiver. Chris Moore? Jeffrey Jeff Simmons. Simmons. Or Jeffrey Simmons. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> but the the thing of that is, you know, it's sort of like the previous week when uh, Will Levis threw a pass that should have been intercepted, and DeAndre Hopkins broke it up, you know, to avoid the interception. So, you know, he's not only their best pass receiver; he looks like he's their best defensive back too. So Simmons is proving to be. Uh, multi-talented as well, but they don't have enough of those guys. Hey, Terry, they heard the Nashville Cats yes. were coming back, and they're trying out playing both ways. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Get, getting something on film, right? There we go. Like it here, might not be able to stay with this bunch, but... Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Terry, you uh, thrashing... Indeed, uh, and and doesn't show much sign of a let up. Well, I mean, you got Carolina this weekend, though. Okay. Yeah, I think you know if you can't win that game, then what can you win? Because you know that's Chargers. one of the few teams on the schedule that that's on paper at least worse than the Titans are right now. I think you know the rest of this season, in my opinion, is just evaluate Will Levis as best you can because it's difficult playing behind that offensive line and then start evaluating some of these other young guys that we haven't seen. You know, we're going to, it looks like because of Chris Hubbard's injury, we're going to see Jalen Duncan uh, get a look at tackle. Are we? Well, I think, I think it's time to see like Caleb Murphy at outside linebacker. It's time to see Colton Dowdle get some snaps at wide receiver. I mean, because, 
the only way you're going to find out how many holes you have to fill this offseason is to play as many people as possible and see if any of them can fill some of these holes without having to spend draft or free draft picks or free agency money on it. Do we see Traylon Burks again this season under these under these circumstances? Well, I think you have I think you have to if he's healthy enough because I think you still have to figure out what you've got in him because right now, uh, and this is something that I've written. You know, with the two receivers you drafted last year in Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips, I don't think with the injury history that they've had and the spotty production that they've had, I don't think you can count on any of these, either one of those guys, to be a starter next year. I think if they help, if they come out of it and, you know, they and they start to pick things up and they stay healthy and they start to get on a roll, fine, good, and great. <clears throat> but if I'm – Rand Carthon and I'm Mike Vrabel. I'm looking at DeAndre Hopkins and either a free agent or a top draft pick to be my starting receivers next year. Those guys can slot in at three and four uh, if they're healthy. Now, since you brought it up, how certain are we that Mike Vrabel is back in 2024? Well, that's a good question. It's one that's starting to be asked a little more maybe than anybody thought it would be. I don't think he's on the hot seat just yet because a lot of this mess was left left with him by, by John Robinson's poor drafts of the last three years that he was here in 2021 and 22. So I think in fairness, you know, he ought to get a chance to fix the mess before you say he can't do it. So with that said, I think he and Rand Carthon get this off season to fix things. But if this thing is still like this a year from now, then I definitely think he could be on the hot seat. I, I agree with you. I don't think that what's going on right now is necessarily Mike Vrabel's fault. Uh, I think we've seen what he's done with less talent i think the roster is so depleted that even he can't do anything with it at this point okay but and i tweeted this yesterday uh, his his coordinator hires have been bad okay i think we can all agree with that he's not well uh, i'll say no so because it, 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 I, I I get it on a certain I get it on a certain level and I do I do absolutely think they need more voices from the outside brought into this organization rather than just yes. guys he's familiar with. Yes. I agree with that one hundred percent. But the same way we can't hold Mike Brabel completely accountable for a bad roster that he inherited, I can't hold Tim Kelly accountable for having to run Andre Dillard out there at left tackle and expect him to protect long enough for a quarterback to complete a pass 20 yards down the field. But can so, we judge so but can we judge him from going from third and seven to third and two via a penalty and then having a three-step drop instead of either a quick pass or Derrick Henry on the first drive of the game? Can, well, can we judge him for that? Because if you can't judge him for that, then I don't know what we're doing here. Well, 
That's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, you can question, can question the play call on that, certainly. But I also question why did Aaron Brewer miss his block? You know, I put as much responsibility or more of that on the execution of that play. The fact that Aaron Brewer. It's two already- yards. He shouldn't be. He should not be doing anything but standing up and throwing it or handing it to 22, period. Holding the ball for long. I don't care what the call is. You throw a slant or you don't. It's not a three-step drop. It shouldn't matter who gets who blocks or doesn't. Well, I certainly see your point there. But what I what I will say with this is that I think first here's the first move I would make if I were if I were Mike Vrabel this offseason. Here's the first move I would make, and I tweeted this out yesterday. Other than personnel moves in terms of adding players or subtracting players. The day after the season ends, I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling Mike Munchak. Even if you guys Why are we waiting? Some people in the organization do and say, how much will it take for you to come back and be the offensive line coach and fix this situation that has become such a mess on this offensive line? Because Is I he think coaching right now? Fix that. What's that? Is he coaching right now? No, he's not coaching anywhere. Why are we waiting? Call him today. <laughs> Call it today. <laughs> I'm seriously. I, I, they might have, why, are we, why are we waiting? If he's not coaching, if he's not contractually obligated to anybody, why are we waiting? Good point. But like I said, they, there, things are so bad they might be tempted to suit him up at 64 years old and trot him out there. <laughs> Ain't be any worse. <laughs> hey, Terry, I, you mentioned Jalen Duncan earlier. I want to ask this question because Steve. Paula Zalo of PFF, he says that the Tampa Bay offensive tackle, Luke, is it Gadeek or Gadecki? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Currently number 17 in PFF grading as a right tackle. He has 32 and a quarter inch arms, and he struggled at guard last year after a good career at offensive tackle. That is the same arm length as Titans first rounder Peter Skaronsky, who was a good college offensive tackle and pegged as a guard. You mentioned Jalen Duncan, but they just went and signed a guard. Any chance we might see Skaronsky at right tackle instead of left tackle? Well, I think he's played entirely on the left side pretty much his whole career. Well, so and has Gadeek, but he's I'll, the number 17 garden or 17 player in the country with grading. That's, that's, I mean, and this is just hypothetical, but I mean, at this point, shuffle it up, right? Yeah. I mean, look, with me, you're preaching to the choir about the offensive yeah. line. I can say needs to be, needs to be left left tackle. Ever since he is, ever since they spent the eleventh pick on him, make him show you he can't do it, because you know he can play guard, you know he can develop there. Make him show you he can't play left tackle, because if he can play left tackle, that solves a world of problems as you head into the offseason and free agency and the draft, because then the two most important pieces on the field, arguably quarterback and left tackle, are in place. Absolutely. I, it just doesn't make any sense, man. I, especially if if we're evaluating at this point for next year, why that, are we not trying? That's got to be an evaluation. Yeah. I mean, because maybe they've tried it in, in practice and they don't like it. But you know what? Sometimes 
it's a little different when you step on the game field. It just it really is because you know, I'll throw this at you. That was always the reasons that they gave for the, for the fact that it took Josh Dobbs so long to crack the lineup at the University of Tennessee. They said, oh, he doesn't look great at practice. But when they put him in a game, all of a sudden, you know, he was a different guy. He was a different player. And you saw what he did while he was there. And I think probably the same thing can be applied to his NFL career. Maybe he doesn't look great on a practice field. But when you get, you know, a guy who's really smart out there in the heat of the battle, you know, his brain starts to, you know, the wheels start to turn pretty quickly. And Quick decisions. So maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what they need to do in trying Skaronsky if he didn't look good at tackle or whatever. Who knows? I'm just guessing. Can't be any right worse. Now. Can't be cannot, any worse. Cannot. Literally cannot be worse. So I don't understand why we don't at least try. <laughs> but hey, who are we, and what do we know? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, tough weekend. Not going to be much easier this week, even if it is the Panthers, because at this point, nothing's easy. So, nothing. There you go. Tell us about Zen Sports. All right, gladly. Our partner, Zen Sports, is excited to launch their new introductory promotion available to all new customers in Tennessee. The No Danger First Wager. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to $1,000 No Danger First Wager. When you place your first bet on Zen Sports, you will be reimbursed for the amount of if your bet loses up to $1,000. Plus, Zen Sports has launched a new VIP program for the premier bettors of Tennessee. If you think you might qualify, listen up. Zen Sports is hosting a VIP tailgate and game experience on December 3rd from 9 a.m. to noon for the Titans versus Colts game. That means food catered by a renowned chef, unlimited booze, and a private room for bet placing and mingling with fellow VIPs. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and bigger and better action than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445.
It's time for Christmas for Kids November 20th at the Ryman Auditorium. This year's lineup includes Shenandoah, Phil Vassar, Chapel Heart, Michaela Lane and Hunter Girl for over 40 years. Christmas for Kids has given the joy of Christmas to thousands of Middle Tennessee children. Christmas for Kids would like to thank their great sponsors. Tickets are on sale now. Visit Ryman.com to get your tickets. We will see you November 20th at the Ryman. Justin, the camera and the audio coming from two different places. Copy that. So, copy that. Yeah, it's 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 a it, it's it's been a day. We're, we're just we're here. <laughs> Take this one in a vacuum. <laughs> coming to you from the Lee Company Studio here in Old Hickory, Hermitage, Nashville area. It's been fun. It's been an interesting day. We'll be back in Columbia tomorrow, thank God, uh, <laughs> where the things that we, you know, the, the things we own are are there, and thank God they are. And we know. So, let's talk a little bit about the Southeastern Conference, and we'll start with Tennessee because, Mo, it was just a bad day all the way around after play number one. After play number one. I told you it was a trap. You were right. <laughs> It's a trap. It didn't work for Georgia, though. No. It was it was a trap, and Tennessee scores on the first offensive play and then struggled to get a first down until the second quarter. Actually didn't get a first down until the second quarter. They the broadcast said that it that that their first it was their first first down conversion. Technically not true because you get a first down on touchdowns. Well, you don't get a first down on touchdowns, but you get a first down on touchdown plays that cover first down yards. Yes. So and 75 yards, pretty well qualified. As long as it's not first and goal from the 20, from your own 25. <laughs> I saw a replay over the weekend. I don't know what it was, but Louisiana Tech was oh, playing somebody, and they had Louisiana a Tech was playing Jack State. No, it wasn't from that oh, game. Okay. It was like a – well, I'm surprised it wasn't because if it, I'm surprised they didn't have that this weekend. Louisiana Tech had a third and goal from the from the from their seven. Jeez. So I guess you know. I guess a 93 yard touchdown would not count as a first time in that situation. No, because it was third and goal. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean. Jalen Wright goes to the house and gets seven more carries the rest of the ballgame. Seven. Joe Milton struggles, a lot of three and outs, putting the defense on the field, and, and the that defense in, couldn't hold up. That included walk-ons and the defensive secondary. It, it, it just it it was never going to be a good day for Tennessee, um, and I think that that's in, it's important to note that you know. I don't think Josh Heupel overachieved last year at 11 and 2. I think he achieved exactly what the roster allowed him to achieve. And I think this year he's done the exact same thing. 
I think he's achieved exactly what their roster allowed him to achieve player-wise. And and that's important because, look, <clears throat> we talk about this with the Titans all the time. Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White, not one and two guys. Right. They're two and three, They're three and four guys. guys. Brew McCoy, Dante Thornton, those are your one and twos. Brew McCoy's been gone since, what, week four? And then Dante Thornton goes out last week. You can't expect those guys to be, you know, to be able to beat ones and twos on the other side of the field, especially when they're Georgia. And you throw in the fact that you didn't have either of your offensive tackles against probably one of the best front sevens in the country. And then you lost Braggins. On top of that, yeah. So it was never going to be a good day for Tennessee. I think this season, a lot of folks are going to call it a a disappointment. I, and obviously, you go back to the beginning of the year, I thought Tennessee would win the national championship. Why did I think Tennessee was going to win the national championship? Well, I based that I based that prediction off of how Joe Milton played against Clemson and Vanderbilt. I don't think we realized how bad Clemson was going to be. Does that make sense? I mean, you say, well, they had a lot of starters that sat. Well, they had they had guys who sat in that game who were starting this year. Right. Just like Tennessee had guys who sat in that game and played people who were going to start this year. So I thought it was ones and ones from 2023, and Tennessee beat their eyeballs in. What I didn't realize was Clemson's ones are mid to bet, mid at best. At best. We didn't know that. As this season progressed, Obviously, nine and three should have been where you're at. You you, you don't lose to Florida. Shouldn't have lost to Florida. Can't lose to Florida. But nine and three, eight and four is what's the ceiling for this team's talent level? And here's the thing: I think at the beginning of 22, if somebody had said you're going to be nine and three, eight and four in 23, you'd have taken it. But that was before they did everything that they did last year. And you, you don't it's not always linear. That's right. That's right. It's not, it's not going to go, it's not always going to go straight up. Mm-hmm. You, you, and especially in this world that we live in and the transfer portal and all of the things that go with that, you're, it, obviously it can help you. It has helped Tennessee. I mean, they got Joe Milton and Hinton Hooker via the transfer. But one out of two ain't bad. But when you, you know, when you're talking about playing in the SEC, you can't rely on first year guys in your program or second year guys. And it's not just, I'm not just talking about Milton and Hooker. I'm talking about first year guys all the way around from the defensive side, the offensive side, and every, and every position can't rely on first and second year guys to be competitive with guys who have been in a program for three, four, five years, like at Georgia, because people don't transfer out of Georgia unless they're not playing at all. And even then they probably don't because getting a ring. (laughs) So Tennessee fans need to calm down. Josh Heupel is not on any hot seat. That's a ridiculous thought. Yes. He's making 9 million a year or whatever it is, 8 million ish, but that's, that's comparable for what he has done to this to this point in the program. It's comparable for 
the recruiting level that he has gotten. And let's remember that depth has been an issue because he's been hamstrung by the NCAA investigation with recruiting and, well, and sanctions the, on his scholarships. And, and all the guys that left after after the money dried up, I guess. Well, because they, they knew that you know, if they stayed at Tennessee and that the investigation continued the way it was going, what was going to happen? And that's understandable. You know, you, uh, we have as a fan base got to understand in context this season. And if, if Tennessee's fan base cannot understand in context this season, then and, and they're not going to. There's going to be a ton of people because it's Tennessee's fan base and they're as overreactionary as any fan base that's in the country. But calm down. Josh Heupel's doing just fine. He's on the right trajectory. I do think that trying to preserve Nico Iamalieva's redshirt is a ridiculous notion. But at least now we know the thought process. <clears throat> Whether or not the thought process is good or bad, at least now we know why Nico hasn't played any more to this de- to, to date because they're trying to preserve the red shirt. Well, if he is who we think he is, red shirt ain't going to matter because he ain't going to be here in two or three years. And I guess that opens up the door for him to play more down the stretch since his red shirt has been achieved, I think. Uh, I, I don't know if the bowl game counts or not till the four. I don't think it does. So he could conceivably play the rest of the way. The rest of the way, Vanderbilt and the bowl game. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. You know who else is not on the hot seat? Apparently, Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman is not on the hot seat unless he it got might be the... the warm seat. But it ain't happening this year, so it don't matter. No, the the AD. Hunter, you're a check? If you say it, good good for you. I believe that's it. Um, I was going to call him Joe Nemechek. That's selling. <laughs> Hunter, you're a check. Apparently told players and others close to the program that Sam Pittman would be back for 24. And I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, now the Christmas party when they're watching Polar Express won't be awkward. No. <laughs> No, I, I agree because look, Arkansas has to know who they are, and I think they do. Arkansas understands that, yes, to a degree, you know, you can't get too far behind, but you also need stability in order to build a program. So you have, and, and every time you make a move at the coaching position, you you set yourself back. To you, some degree. you might as well go to number 14 on the list. And then you have to work your way up from there. Now, Arkansas can work its way up quicker than some other folks. Probably. But, but yeah. I mean, I mean, look, it's they lose KJ. They lose Rocket. It's going to be a tough, tough, you know, season next year. And I think that, you know, maybe that's maybe that's one reason they're waiting to make a move is, you know, you, you don't want to have to try and uh, recruit a coach when the cupboard is as bare as it is. That being said, is it going to be even more bare next year <laughs> without those guys and nobody 
on the backside if, if Pittman is unable to secure a you know high level class. All right. And a top remember that a top twenty five class still puts you in the back half of the SEC in recruiting. And that's um because you can be top ten and still be fifth. So you've got you know you've you've got to do something, and so hopefully Sam Pittman can figure it out because I think he's a, I think he's a great dude. I think he has uh, you know he has earned some grace with what he did in year one, and you know some folks some folks coach better with no pressure. Some folks coach better with pressure. I don't know what Sam Pittman is, and what which you know obviously year one was probably a little less pressure than year three, but I think he's earned the right to show you what he's got. So Missouri survives against Florida, survives, and that is not the characterization of that game I expected. No. No, I, I don't think I expected Florida to play them as closely as they did. No, I look, Florida, especially with now a backup quarterback. As Graham Mertz is out. So, I, I mean, maybe. That being said, backup quarterbacks coming in and playing well in that role is not unheard of. Happens a lot. Now, whether or not he can prepare as a starter, you know, to go up against Florida State is one thing. Of course, they'll be doing the same thing with their backup. So, of course, again, you saw what their backup did, down 13 nothing to UNA and put it on them after that. To UNA. UNA. Not tuna. Not today. Give them a little props, man. Get up 13 nothing on FSU. Give, give him some love. Rush Lansdale had a tackle of Jordan Travis early in that one. So It wasn't the tackle, was it? No, no, it was not the tackle. <laughs> it was a third down stop, though. Kept them from getting a first down. So cool. give Rush a little credit there as well. But, yeah, uh, Missouri, obviously, still trying to hold on to that top ten ranking. And you know, every, every team is going to struggle a little bit in these situations. So, you know. Coming off a couple big games, you had Georgia at Georgia, then you had Tennessee at home. You know, yeah, it was at home, but it's Florida. Maybe it's maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is not nearly as difficult as what we've had to deal with the last couple of weeks. So that can happen. Um, what you got? Scrolling through Twitter as I want to do. At OTH Sports Media, which is off the hook sports. Uh-huh. Is Texas AM or Tennessee a better job? Tennessee. They don't have they don't have as much money, but they're willing to spend the same amount of money. Does that make sense? They pay Hypo the same amount that Jimbo was getting paid annually and the pedigree is much better the success of the program throughout history is much better 
Yeah, that would have been my initial reaction to that question as well, and I would think it would be most people. So I don't, I don't. I'd be interested to hear someone else. Yeah, and what the support for Texas A&M being a better job is. So, okay, go ahead. Uh, before we get out of here, Auburn, you mentioned it earlier. What? Hugh Freeze zero and two against Jerry Kill. Got drubbed last year at Liberty by Jerry Kill in New Mexico State. Drubbed. Nearly so, the same th score. Th this was supposed to be the get back game for Hugh then, huh? And yet, <laughs> Jerry Kill owns Hugh Fritz. Yeah, he does, as a matter of fact. Um, the, the win probability of the two games from ESPN's win probability is almost identical. Oh, wow. <laughs> it just, it is just wild how, you know, and some, sometimes coaches just have those kind of coaches, right? <laughs> I mean, they're just, it, Will Muschamp. No matter how much better Tennessee was physically, talent level, even coaching, could not beat Will Muschamp to save our lives. No matter where he coached. Well, I, I guess the good thing for Hugh is he probably doesn't have to see New Mexico State. Yeah, anytime just, soon. You just hope that Jerry Kill isn't the next coach at Texas A&M, and he probably should be. <laughs> or Mississippi State. Or Mississippi State. So, what's the next opening? The next opening is in the SEC. Well, it's not Arkansas now. Um, gotta be Florida. It might be Kentucky. I, I mean, it's not going to be this year. But if it's not Florida, well, they're not going to fire Stoops. They're closer to putting up a statue of Stoops, if they got any sense. He has certainly regressed over the last two years. Yeah, but it's still Kentucky. I understand that. And I, I would have agreed with you six weeks ago, but this team has looked bad. They just lost to South Carolina, who is terrible. You can't be reactionary with this stuff, though. I'm just basing this. Uh, I'm basing. I'm basing. He hits his wagon to a bad quarterback. I'm basing this off of what I perceive via social media. Please understand what I'm about to say. I don't know that Mark Stoops has the respect of his players at this point. And it's not just one part of the players that I'm talking about. I'm talking about I, I I follow a couple of Kentucky big time fans who have who have been retweeting some stuff. I mean, you you look at Ray uh, Ray Davis Ray Davis's tweet that was deleted over the weekend. Thought I was supposed to be the bell cow. I'm telling you, 
He's lost the locker room right now. They're bad. They're in a bad place. You couple that with what we know from the quarterback room. Telling you, Mark Stoops may be in more trouble than we than we want to admit. Hmm. Okay. Tennessee has come roaring back in the second half. It was pretty close there for us. Thirty twenty five at the half, and it and it was uh, fifty to forty five about seven minutes ago. It is now sixty nine fifty six. Lighter shade orange in this one. So uh, Tennessee's defense getting it done late. 44 seconds to play. Yeah. Let's take a break. When we come back, a little more college football. And we haven't talked about this, but there's some interesting storylines in women's college basketball right now. And so, uh, at least one, we should talk about it. So, stick around. Main Street Sports Today is presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. 
You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here on this Monday Mirror as we look back at the weekend of college sports. We'll start in college football. Dino Babers out at Syracuse, and you said it was unfortunate on Twitter. I'm not so sure it is unfortunate. I mean, I know it sucks that he got fired, but I think there are enough athletic administrators out there who know that Dino Babers is better than Syracuse. <laughs> and, and in a better situation, he will be a much uh, much better coach. Better coach. <laughs> and so it, it may be one of those, you know, situations. That's where, interesting. It's interesting when you put it that way. Because, I, I, I mean, I that makes sense. I think I, – I don't think anybody would argue that, yeah, Dino Babers is better than Syracuse. Now, does that mean he gets a better job after getting fired at Syracuse? Well, I, again, I think I think you have to take Syracuse in a vacuum, right? You have to go – yeah, it's kind of like a coach at, at Duke. You know, it had a great start to the year. Why? Because his starters – were as good as anybody. But as the season progresses, depth becomes an issue. This is why you wanted to avoid Vanderbilt, you know, in the early part of the SEC play for years. Because once they start getting injured, (laughs) you know, nicks and bruises, then it gets a little easier to beat Vanderbilt. But same thing with Syracuse. And and even Duke. I mean, you look at Duke now, and Mike Okra's done a great job. But, yeah, I think – I think they're an, I don't think he's going to get, you know, a $5 million a year job at, at Mississippi State. But I think that Dino goes to a place where he can be successful and get a better and get another job. I think I think it's important impressive what he did at Syracuse while he was there. Mm-hmm. I think most and, and again, it might not be popular with fans. But sometimes administrators have – sometimes you are the smartest person in the room and you have to do what you know is best, no matter what the general public may think. And I think that's going to happen with Dino at some point in the near future. It may not be next year. He may he may go be a coordinator or even take a head coaching job at a G5 school, something like that. But in the next two or three years, somebody's going to hire Dino Babers it's going to work out for them. So here's what's open right now. Okay. In addition to Syracuse, which isn't going to hire him back. No. <laughs> Texas A&M. Not going to get that job. Michigan State. Could maybe get that job. Mississippi State. Boise. Not going to Boise. It, they might they might ask him, but he ain't going. 
you got to feel like this is Brian Harson 2.0 at Boise. I know Auburn was a train wreck. But I think that's as much because he was out of his element as anything. Clearly, yeah, he was successful. I, yeah. I think that I think they might hire him back. He would. I think he's going to be a second choice. They're going to make some phone calls, hmm. but they would be happy to have him. So has has Northwestern? No, but yes. No, but yes. They, they've. I guess the, there are rumors out there that they intend to offer the interim the interim the full-time job as they absolutely should right right (laughs) san diego state that's a a job i'd take recruiting 17 18 19 year olds to san diego yes please houston's well the navy doesn't have any trouble with it clearly Yeah, um, I think Houston's going to be open. I don't think Holgerson makes it out of this year. I don't think I don't know that Babers is a good fit in the Big Ten, Texas. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I I think his career has kind of been north and east. Doesn't he have an Eastern Illinois tie or something? I think so. But I mean, still. Why would you? I mean, if San Diego's on the table, Houston's got to be on the table. It's basically the same thing. It's just a lot harder. Head coach at Bowling Green in Eastern Illinois. Okay. He's originally from California. Okay. Played at Hawaii. From California, you say? Well, like I said, there's a job opening up. There is. So, I, I mean,. I think again. I think he's going to end up either a coordinator at a power five. Or he spent a year. Well, he spent four years as an assistant at Baylor. Apparently, okay, so maybe Texas. Not maybe, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just. I mean, yes. You know, it's harder to get a job after you've been fired. But I still think there are people. And administrators out there who understand how good Dino Babers is and can be. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I, I think he's I think he's one of the best coaches in the in the ACC. He's just in a bad situation in a place where you can't win. Yeah, and yet he went ten and three one year. Sometimes you can stay too long. <laughs> where have you heard that? This, this will be one of those times. Where have you heard that? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this would be one of those times. Should have parlayed that when you had a chance. Yeah. When when you go ten and three at Syracuse, it might be time to be getting some resumes out. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, uh, I mean, I just I feel like it's I feel like it's going to end up okay in the end. It may not be this year. Well, I hope you're right, but because I think he deserves it. I think he's proven that he can be a good coach at that mm-hmm. you know, at, at the power five level. So, speaking of people who deserve it, Chip Kelly went from about to get fired to not only defeating his crosstown rival, but clearly saving his job. 
If it was ever in danger, I don't know that it was. If it was. Just, those are just rumors. So, okay, question. What is Lincoln Riley's situation at this point? That's a great question. Listen, someone said that Lincoln Riley was losing on purpose to avoid Oklahoma in a bowl game, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, well, here's the thing. Of course, Oklahoma loses. They might be in the they might be in the Sun Bowl together in El Paso, but what's odd to me is it appeared that Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma because he was not really supportive of the move of Oklahoma to the SEC. It appeared like that. I don't know. Unsupportive is one way to put. It. Yeah, okay. <laughs> one way to put scared. Mm -hmm. Well. No, yeah. <laughs> so he goes to USC, which promptly goes to the Big Ten. So if this is what he's doing pre-Big Ten, what happens when the Trojans get And he loses there? the Tisman quarterback. Because, let's face it. Who probably is not going to play in the bowl game, by the way. Caleb Williams. Well, he's already threatened to come back. What's he... I'm just saying, he threatened to come back. Well, well, has he threatened to come back to the University of Southern California, well, he or is he threatened transfer. to come back? He can't transfer. He already transferred. Can he graduate? Oh, that's a good question. I don't Thank know. You. If he can graduate, then, then yeah, that's a, little, that's a good question. Hold on now. We got, we got, we got, that, is a, that is a caveat. Uh, listen, Lincoln Riley's in trouble. Lincoln Riley. I, I mean, I don't know how he can't be. Between the on-field stuff and all the other banning student uh, student journalists and different stuff, it's just he's he's been a mess. Mo, Cliff Kingsbury's on staff, so watch out. But, but, let me ask you this. I'm not going to go Clarence Carter here. But I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember what movie was it where uh, Cedric the Entertainer was driving in the car and he's like, uh, and, he, and he's, his kid is listening to rap and he starts throwing the CDs Johnson out. Johnson Family Reunion. Okay, he starts throwing the CDs out. Tupac, shot, Biggie, shot, and dude, Marvin Gaye, shot. <laughs> That's the Marvin Gaye. Out. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you something, and I want you to think about that mindset while I, I'm reading. I can't this. think of anything past Clarence Carter at this moment. I'm sorry. Listen, Lincoln Rock, all the off-field stuff. Steve Sarkeesian. Why did he get fired? Drinking. Clay Helton, <laughs> Lane Kiffin, <laughs> Pete Carroll. What do they all have in common? Screwing up off the field. Mm. Maybe it ain't the coaches. Mm. USC may be a toxic environment.
Uh, I'm not saying it, it ain't somewhat on the coaches. I think obviously they have to make their own decisions. But you think about that name, that list of names, mm-hmm. and how their tenures at USC went, and all of the the distractions that came along with every single one of them. Maybe it's not just the coaches. That's all I want to say. Maybe it's the program, huh? It, literally, the program. <laughs> the program, capital T, capital T. So, there was a movie about that, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think you got to think about that. I really do. Uh, we mentioned North, Northwestern, bowl eligible with the win. I, I watched a little bit of that game. They didn't look great. But the Northwestern. They didn't have to. They did defensively they looked really good. Now, I don't know how good Purdue is on offense. They had they played three quarterbacks in the first half. So, whatever that means. Uh, but they did <laughs> quarterback runs for like 40 yards. Thought he scored a touchdown. Review replay puts it back at the half yard line and they stopped them on four downs. First and goal from 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 a yard and a half out or a half a yard out. Oh goodness! And they stopped them on four straight plays. Make, make them snap it again. So That's... Northwestern defense is really good. Offense struggle. The, the the end of the, the end well, of the I mean, half. Northwestern, you can't have everything. The end of the half sequence was phenomenal. So Northwestern's driving. They get to like the the forty and uh, end up punting. Because they couldn't kick a field goal. Uh, Purdue calls timeout, and instead of just trying to run the clock out because they punted to the half yard line, they try to throw it, throws a pick on first down, throws an interception. Northwestern gets it back at like the 30. They run the clock down, miss the field goal. <laughs> it, was, oh. it was an Iowa sequence for. That's what it sounded like. That sounded straight Iowa. Speaking of interceptions, did you see Oklahoma's pick six against BYU? 100-yard pick six. I do love a 100-yard pick six. 14-point uh, swing right there. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it is on our run of show or if it's, it's on not. our run of show, but we need to mention because um, – I feel bad for Jordan Travis. It's terrible. Uh, you, you know, especially in the first quarter of a game against North Alabama, uh, you've got Florida coming up. You've got the ACC championship and a potential college football playoff berth. I think this might end Florida State's chances of a playoff berth no matter what. I think Florida Directly State's or indirectly. It's indirectly. Uh, indirectly, I think that's the that's that's how it ends because the committee is going to take into consideration. Are they, though? Absolutely. They have in the past. And when you've got other options, you had just as good options. You've got Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Alabama, or Jordan Travis-less Florida State. Of course, State. Right. You, you just have too many good options. And that's I unfortunate. I think they're out, no matter what. I mean, they've been a great story mm-hmm. this fall. They've been a great team this fall. And, you know, with Keon Coleman and that bunch, I, I was looking forward to seeing them in the ACC championship game. And then what what 
lie ahead for them. So that's tough. It is. Uh, you know, Jordan's played well and, and isn't, you know, I hope that Heisman voters will not hit and hooker him. Hmm. I hope they will at least put him in their top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some other great options out there. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, you, you've got, again, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, uh, Carson Beck, who's quietly had a fantastic last five games. But nobody pays attention because it's Georgia. They're like, it's Georgia, whatever, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Nobody's watching him play. Dude's been fantastic for the last five games. Like, one of the best in the country statistically. Then you got Jaden Daniels. Then you've got. Did you see the tweet by John Canzano, longtime Oregon columnist, about Jaden Daniels couldn't carry a clipboard at either Washington or Oregon? Well, he wasn't great at Arizona State, but I don't think that's I don't, at all accurate. Well, I mean, I mean, he can carry a clipboard. I don't. I don't know if he could beat Michael Penix or Bo Nix. I think it'd be. I think there would be a battle. I mean, I don't think it's just a. No way in hell he couldn't yeah, play no, over they, either they, they, of them. They, I mean, they, 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 I, I just. Yeah. I, and I don't know. That's silly. It is. But he was. He wasn't. He wasn't this Jaden Daniels at. Well, sure he wasn't. He was, but I mean, know, I, Joe Burrow wasn't. LSU Joe Burrow at Ohio State either. I mean, we're not holding that against kids, are we? No, no, we're not. And I think that's that's what's silly is, you know, I understand the, you know, it's a columnist in the Pac-12. He's kind of got Yeah, it must be a West Coast thing. It it must be. It must be. Before we get out of here, Mm -hmm. uh, Angel Reese was not in uniform. For LSU and their 73 to 50 win uh, over Sela, was it Sela? Uh, yeah, Southeastern Louisiana. Yeah, well, that was was that Friday night, Thursday uh, night? I think it was Friday night. I don't know. Uh, Kim Mulkey said Angel was not in uniform. Angel is part of the basketball team, and we hope to see her sooner than later. And that was it. Uh, I'm not going to answer any more. That's it. That's all you need to know. You know, I don't. I don't hate that answer from Kim Mulkey because you don't want to put the kids' business out there. You don't want to put the kids' business out there. I, okay, so so I'm not a Kim Mulkey fan, so there's probably nothing she could say that I would really like. Period. But uh, I mean, but that's probably as good of an answer as you could hope as you for can give without, that. like you said, compromising the kids. The kid. We can talk more about it tomorrow. We'll be back on Main Street Sports today at 2 o'clock. So come back with us. See you then.